Everybody, welcome to another installment of the Sports Rap Podcast. Right here on Heat 100 Radio, and you know where we are. Facebook, Sports Rap Podcast is the group page. We are live right now. So, 23-20. The Rams get a Super Bowl win. This is their, well, I think, the second time yep. getting into the Super Bowl in the last, what, four years? Three or four years, something like yeah. that? Yeah. So, they finally got one. Hey, Mel, what's going on? So they got one, and they struggled a little bit in that second half. But we all know why. Okay, I'm not going to say that like, you know, it was some kind of fluke or something, whatever. We we all know why they struggled a little bit in, in that second half. But a lot of people that I talk to, a lot of people that ask me going in, ask me who that I think was going to win, who, if I was rooting for 10, who would I was rooting for. I told a lot of people I was rooting for the Bengals. Mm-hmm. And only two people asked me my reason why I rooted for the Bengals. So I kind of, like, played it off. And, I mean, if I say two people, that's probably two people out of, like, maybe five, six people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, my reason was... Because I was happy to see something new, something fresh. I was also happy to see a team come from two wins a season ago, mm-hmm. losing their star quarterback of the future or their future quarterback for the remainder of the season, early in that season, and then making this turnaround and making it to the Super Bowl. For one, I thought initially going in, I thought that their reign would have been the first week of the playoffs. They would have been one and done because of the youth, the inexperience, and all of that kind of stuff. They surprised me there. And I'm looking, I'm looking at the matchups, and I'm doing like everybody else, every other sports fan. Like, yeah, okay. They did show me a little something, but usually uh, this might be the end of the road. Then it doesn't happen again. And then I I see them get to the AFC Championship. And I did tell one of the people, I said, I watched that game three times. Not like the full game, but I watched the highlights like three times. And I became impressed with the defense. Like the offense, I wasn't really concerned with the offense because you had that cohesion already with the quarterback and the number one receiver. They've known each other in college, so their connectivity is easy. Then your other receivers have the size that makes up maybe a little bit if your quarterbacks from now now and then maybe a little off. Right, right. You know, so they had that. So that was not a concern. And they had a running game. So I wasn't concerned there. My concern was going up against the Rams with what the Rams had on offense and that defense. But they, they impressed me and they proved something to me in the AFC Championship game going up against the Chiefs. So that was one that was like the main reason why I was like, yeah, I would love to see them win it. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I also said, um, just on the other side, if the Rams did win, that I would be happy for Matt Stafford. Right. right. For the amount of time he spent in Detroit, a lot of the seasons he had in Detroit as an individual on the stats and just barely like ever made the playoffs right (laughs) to go from there getting traded and now in your first season there you make it to the Super Bowl and you win it 
and you had to use your arm to win it. Right, right. So that was, you know, that was basically it for me. Um, to me, the game seemed a little slow. It, it took a while for it to pick up a little bit. It was yeah. in spurts, you know what yeah. I mean? It, it it was like one of those things um, when I saw the um, when I saw the first yeah Nate says uh, not to mention Cooper Cup listen Cooper Cup since, since you brought it up Nate it, Cooper Cup is like they say stud how does he still get open when you know he's getting the ball how don't you have a guy underneath and over top? Mm-hmm. Like that, that kind of like boggled me. Because if if you're the Cincinnati Bengals and you you're not you're not eh, you're not comfortable or not knowing exactly how good he is, all you gotta do is go back and watch and see what he did to us. Right. I mean, he had like a bean forty five. Mm-hmm. So you saw his, I mean, he's a good route runner. That's the, the main thing is he's a good route runner. But at the same time, it, it seemed like they was having an issue with uh, with bumping him or with locating him mm-hmm. or with their D-backs looking in the backfield and not on what's in front of him. So that played a part right. in why he was getting open too. They was trying to be too aggressive mm-hmm. without keeping the ball on this dude or keeping him in front of you. The key is to keep him in front of you. Yeah. And then game tackle. That, that's the key. Without getting a bulk, a lot of bulk yards. Right. But I mean, a man had about six touchdowns, six, seven touchdowns in the corner. In the corner. You know what I mean? Even during the, even during the, play, in, in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. it's like if you're doing your, your, your game tape, I know that they probably was telling the cornerbacks, hey, listen, we're getting this red zone. Yeah, you watch the corner. Keep him he's away from the corner. He's got that back shoulder throw that he goes to him. Keep him off that corner route. Just stay on his hip. I don't care about yeah. nothing in front of you. Stay on him. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, this is weird, man, it's weird. that a guy like him can and then, you know, get open. Now that you say that, and it was twice that he was open, mm-hmm. and it looked like it was the same route. The first one that got called back, Yeah. that yeah. looked like the same route. Yeah. It just it just happened quicker mm-hmm. than him getting to the corner. But that second one, like how do, how does he get open like that? Then it became a lot more one dimensional after Odell Beckham went down. Yep. So it should have been clearly yep. we know for a fact now yep. they're going to get him the ball. Yeah. You, you know, know, I think what might have shook him up a little bit was they didn't go immediately. They 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 didn't go to it immediately. Yeah. Yeah. They did. they waited. Till, in my opinion, they waited till it looked like it got a little iffy. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, all right, we struggling a little bit without them. And they trying. If we keep struggling and they keep trying, yeah. Yeah, this tide may turn. So let's go. And we're going to, listen, Cooper, this is what we're going to do. We, we get some water, get some Gatorade, whatever, because we getting ready to rock out with you the rest of the way out. And... And, I mean, he didn't have a – he had, what, 92, 93 yep. yards. He didn't have a buck. Not at all. I mean, he got the ball about eight times. Yeah, something like that. So, it wasn't like a – it wasn't like they was forced to Sports reading, right. You know, they were like mm-hmm. consistent throws, but it was the yards after the catch. Right. That was allowing him to get, you know, put them in space Spence. to score. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a lot of score. Not at all. But they also had – Two opportunities. They had an opportunity to red zone, and then they had one where he threw the bomb and got intercepted. 
So he had mm-hmm. two two other two. times that yeah. they was in striking distance where they didn't come up with any points. Right. So yeah. it could have got out of hand quick. Mm-hmm. And I definitely thought that coming out at half, I thought that the momentum was with Cincinnati when they got that bomb. When they got that bomb, the yeah. no call. The face mask, yeah. I honestly thought right then and there that the momentum was in their favor and they literally, L.A. literally came out and went one, two, three, punt. Mm-hmm. And I said, dang, they got, dang, they're about, to, they're about to move. Right. And they just couldn't, couldn't get, get it. a rhythm right. to put them in. Because Joe Burrow didn't throw an interception. Nope. It was just like, all right, well, let's run the ball. Yeah. So they that, gave that, the ball to Joe Mixon, but it was like. Yeah, that, that running uh, game didn't get clicking until late. Yeah, it took, it took too long. Yeah, it took way too long. For that running game to get clicking, and like also you didn't get a huge game from their number one receiver, so right. I give right. LA's defense credit for that. Right. For not, I'm not gonna say for taking them out of the game, but doing their due diligence and paying mm-hmm. enough attention to him, where he pretty much wasn't a factor at all yesterday. Yeah, I mean, you know, he had that one catch yeah. on Ramsey. When really Ramsey jumped that route, mm-hmm. he got that big play, and at the same way, I like you just said with that momentum, I felt like at that point, all right, now they're gonna start working him in like they've done before, like they did in the playoffs. He gets that one, and then it's like, all right, same way the opposite side, like we just right, talked right, about with right. Cooper Cup. Now we're gonna work him in. We're gonna look for him more, but it didn't happen. It didn't. And they start going to T Higgins. Yeah. So it either like that's the weird part about this whole game when you when you look at the game. Reception wise, no one had over ten catches. No mm-hmm. one had double digit. No player had double digit. Wow. So it was spread out a little bit, mm-hmm. but the scoring was really in moments. Right. And everything else was punt here, punt there. Yeah. Or get a little bit of yeah. rhythm there and uh, yeah. punt it. Like it was never anything mm-hmm. distinct to where one team looked like they it was clearly yeah. in front of the other. It was moments right. where both of them looked, looked like, like they it. was going to run away with it. Yeah. And then it kind of mellowed out. And it wasn't even, it wasn't a heavily penalized game. No, it wasn't. But I think it was, what, maybe four or five penalties the entire game? Mm-hmm. Like I mean, Vernon Hargrave did the goofiest. Yeah, three for, I think it was three <laughs> for Cincinnati and two. <laughs> for, he didn't even have a uniform on. No, listen, and he ended, come on, man. You know, like. And when Come he on, did it, man. I'm sitting home and I'm watching. I'm like, man, this dude don't even have regular shoes on. Cost him 15. And you running out there. You ain't got regular shoes on. Now, you just come up. You already injured. Suppose somebody not paying attention in that celebration and you get out there and you ain't got no shoes on. These dudes got cleats on. What possessed this fool? Omar, what's going on? What's up, bro? But what possessed this fool? I get it. He got caught up in the moment. Now, I right. get that. But let's say that uh, let's say that that became a pivotal moment where, because of it, the play is now taken back. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's just those moments where it's like, dude. Yeah. How, or how, like. Or if it wasn't in that particular situation, let's just say maybe it was a what was that was a touchdown, right? Yeah, that was mm-hmm. the first touchdown. Yeah, it's a touchdown. But let's just say something different. Maybe let's just say if that was an interception mm-hmm. going right. the other way. Right. Now that could have been overturned, or you could have ended up being stuck that end of the field, giving up the short field and 
eventually giving up points instead of the way they got the touchdown. But yeah, it, it's that was like a bonehead. Yeah. Thing. Oh shoot! What if what if the fifteen yard back that that on that kickoff would allow the run would allow the uh the kick returner to get down there to the fifty or fifty yard air forty mm-hmm. and shift the field position. You know what I mean? Those plays is is what they consider the bonehead plays. Are. That's yeah. a shack in the fool moment. Absolutely. Like, dude, you can't come on. Yeah, How? that that's not yeah, you, you and you're supposed to you know, you I'm surprised. Run no other time. Why would you do it during the Super right. Bowl? I, I'm surprised that nobody caught that and why he grabbed him before he got on the sideline. And and that it was nobody, out there with him. Yeah, he was out there with him. <laughs> right. It was like, that's it was probably like, that, that is definitely probably the case. <laughs> that they, they were out there with him. It definitely was out there with him. So, you know, like you said, all in all, a good game. Like I said, congrats to the Rams for winning the Super Bowl. Also, congrats to the Cincinnati Bengals. Like I mentioned, two and whatever last season to making it to the Super Bowl the following season. Great, great job um, to for them. Uh, congrats to Cooper Cup yeah. for winning the Super Bowl MVP. Uh, Sean McVay. Could have went. Yeah. Uh, Sean McVay, the youngest coach to ever win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, so that kind of stuff. Um, all congrats out to that. Moving along, we get into the halftime show. And, you know, people don't normally talk about the halftime show a lot. Arguably, yesterday, arguably, best. Halftime Super Bowl show ever. I started out saying in a long time, but then I'm like, no, ever. Um, Outside of Michael Jackson with Mike Davis. Okay, I, I can give you that. You know, yeah. People threw Beyonce in there. Yeah. Right. But but, but Mike is, but Mike is Mike. absolutely, absolutely, and if, <sighs> but. It was good, man. It was it was, it was, really it, was good. it was real good, man. Like, you know, when when you first heard those names, I'm sure for a lot of people, a lot of thoughts ran through people's heads. Mm-hmm. You know, um, <laughs> like you, you hear Snoop Dogg, and you like what? All right, Snoop got hits, no doubt, but. What what is he gonna do? Cause, which one is he gonna right? Which right. one? Which one? Which one is he gonna have? To, which one is gonna have to take the most or the least deletion out or changing the lyrics? I definitely because gonna do gin and juice. Because you know with Snoop, it's like listen, you know you got to go through them with a fine tooth comb. Uh, Eminem, same way. I, I think that was a great choice um, for Eminem. That song, great choice for him. I was surprised at 50 because, uh, if correct me if I'm wrong, he wasn't announced in the lineup when the lineup was announced. Mm-hmm. Kendrick Lamar, in my opinion, always, always great, always dope. Mary was Mary. And, and they even gave a moment for Dre to hit the piano and show his, mm-hmm. his true given talent. You know, so yeah, I, I think it was well thought out, well played, well executed, and like I say, arguably 
one of the best Super Bowl performances yeah. in a long yeah. time. I mean, listen, I'm watching it, and, you know, uh, my blackness just just can't allow me not to enjoy myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm watching it, and I'm saying to myself, I remember, I remember a time when we was never, ever on mm-hmm. a halftime show. Period. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I remember that, and it shows you it shows you the impact that our music <laughs> has. I mean, it has a crazy impact on the game itself because it goes it goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, rap music, R and B, all this it goes hand in hand with with sports. Mm-hmm. We're in every commercial. They got our beats rolling on every commercial. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Tied uh, into the warm-ups. Yep. I, don't, I don't even know if half of the people even know who Lil Baby and none of them is, but when they Probably in Atlanta, dog, they, they playing yes, they they playing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. When they in different stadiums, they're playing our music. All the time. And it's just crazy that a dude like Snoop, Dre, 50, let's do the math. One, I, and I hate to do this. I don't hate to do this on Black History Month. Hey, oh, you're going to chirp when I say this, too. Well, uh, before you get into it, real quick, <laughs> he already said, he said, I hate to say it, but it was mediocre mediocre to me. I liked it, but will I talk about the next week? Probably, Probably not. not. Well, I'll give you something to talk about. The fact that America was okay or the NFL was okay with an individual like Dre who, who had extensive situations of beating women. Right? You got Snoop, who is a somewhat affiliated gang member, had a murder rap, smokes weed heavy, all the stuff that they think we all into. Mm-hmm. Period. Murder, mayhem, killing, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Then you got a joker that got shot nine times on it. So it's kind of crazy that all that, uh, none of that mattered. When that beat dropped, none of that mattered. No, no. And I said to myself, how how could the NFL put these dudes on? And then I said, oh, shit, it's the NFL. They got jokers like that that line up every week. Yep, it was easy. <laughs> and I said to myself, like, damn, me, me, me and uh, my brother got on the phone. I said, yo, it's crazy they got these jokers it was on. Easy for them. It was easy for them. Now, they would have yeah. never had NWA as a collective group on there. No. But they got two of them. Yeah. Two, two, of, two of the most raunchy jokers, too. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of crazy that they, you know, I guess, you know, in light, in, in light of having second chances in life, each one of those dudes Absolutely. have had it. Yeah. And it's like, okay, are they promoting second chance? Are they promoting yeah. it? What are they tough. promoting? Yeah, it's tough. And I'm to watching like, which one it is. Like they like nobody nobody did the homework on these dudes. <laughs> like nobody did the homework. But it's the music. They in LA. hmm This is their home. LA. Yep. Let's make it happen. And I, I mean, the show was good. I thought the show, I thought knew. the show was good. Oh, and they I knew. Mean, I know they could have had Lauryn Hill on there. Oh, and they knew what the Reagans was going to get to. Right. They knew what the Reagans right. was going to get to. Oh yeah, and I can't forget that Nate. You right? Yep. I forgot that Eminem too. Eminem was known for hating his mama. Yeah. And all that good stuff. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I ain't go. I'm not even pressed about Eminem. I'm not even. I don't even care about the taking the knee and all that stuff. 
we go back to when we first talked about Cat taking the knee, knee and all that. I don't okay. want to see nobody taking no knee if you went down with it. From the when, very beginning. When it was not good to do. Mm-hmm. Now you can do it, but then it was just you something stayed you away from do. it. Yeah, absolutely. It was, a, it was a career killer. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. So, 11.27, folks. 27 minutes past the 11 a.m. hour. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, you know what it is. So, Nate, I know you'll be back. Big O, I know you're going to be back. And anybody else that wants to join us, feel free. Lakers fans, (laughs) anybody that wants to talk, we're going to try to make some sense of or give you some type of understanding from our standpoint on the deal. Um, talk a little bit about the particulars of each deal. And what deal each deal I'm talking about is the most recent Sixers-Nets uh, deal with Harden and Simmons involved. And then we're going to backtrack to the Rockets and the Nets deal when they acquired James Harden. So we'll talk about that on the other side. So get ready. Nate said let's get it. So come on back. We'll see you on the other side in just a couple of minutes. You are tuned in to Sports Rap right here on Heat 100 Radio. See you on the other side in just a few minutes. Black Wall Street is now online, baby. That's right. Visit the GW District. Shop the very best in men's and women's apparel and accessories, home decor, office supplies, books, pantry items, and so much more. The GW District is a retail marketplace of black-owned products and media. We're both veteran and black-owned, and we're bringing you the best online shopping experience with products made by small businesses. Come and experience the GW District difference today at shopgwdistrict.com. That's shopgwdistrict.com. The GW District, a retail marketplace of black-owned products and media. That's right. That's right. That's right. Anybody that's just tuning in, welcome to the Sports Rap Podcast. And you know this segment is what it is. It's something that I've been waiting to get a hold of my partner to talk to my partner with. I've been talking to people... uh, when did this deal? Well, it still happened Thursday. Mm-hmm. So I've been talking to people off and on since Thursday. And it's funny because the phone was buzzing. Um, I was trying my best, like, not to pay attention to it. But I couldn't help it. And it was a little mixture of everything. The natural stuff I get because I because we do this, the ESPN and all of those alerts. Naturally, I expected them because I knew what day it was. Right. Again, like I had been telling people as it got closer where the rumors were back and forth, up and down, left and right about this trade. I got to the point where I just was like, I won't believe it until it happens. And I said also, and I said also in honesty, I really don't think it's going to happen until the off season. But, to the contrary, it happened. Sixers completed the trade for James Harden and Millsap, John, uh, Paul Millsap coming over to the Sixers, getting rid of the disgruntled Ben Simmons along with Seth Curry and Andre Drummond. Also, a 20... 20- 22 draft pick 
which is which has the option um to decline mm-hmm. to 2023 or defer to 2023 for the Brooklyn Nets and then a 2027 Make sure you heard me, folks. 2027. Do the math. Take your hand out. Use your fingers if you have to. Five years down the line, another first-round pick, top eight protected. Which, if you know what I'm talking about, if you pay attention to the NBA, top eight is a lottery pick. And... Let's talk about the picks a little bit. And since we're here, the 2027 pick, what you kind of have to understand, people, is the fact that that 2027 pick could still be had. Right. Uh, you think about the situation right now. Five year, That pick is five years away. So the Sixers are absolutely, as you saw, they made this deal in win-now mode. So let's just say that you have James Harden for the rest of this year. You get very, very close, maybe even to the finals and lose in the finals. He opts in. You don't win it again next year. And then there's all the talk where, oh, he's going to bail, this, that, and the third. But that would be 2023, 23, 24. So that's only two years. At the most, maybe three. With arguably one maybe bad year or not so great year. Then you have a draft. And then you're looking and you're working your way into that lottery Mm. round. And you can sit back and say, oh, that's right. If that pick is one through eight, we could be sitting pretty. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now the twenty twenty two right to defer is just that. Right now, you don't need it. Exactly. It, it really doesn't do you any good to have that pick right now, because where you are, even before you made this trade. That pick was going to be not a lottery pick. It was going to be somewhere low, middle, bottom half of that round, that first round, because of the team that you are and where you probably would have been, like I said, even before this trade. So you arguably don't need that. And then it would pro- if that was the case, it would probably get deferred to 2023 to go through that scenario I just gave you about the situation that if – he opts in and all of that kind of jazz. Right. So right now, those picks really, really don't matter. And a lot of people were saying that we gave away two first-round picks and why he do that and we was asking for first-round picks and all of this and all of that. I said, you got to understand the picks. Like, people, these are not like NFL picks. It's only two rounds in the NBA. And sometimes teams go and don't have a pick at all in the first round and maybe just one in the second round. Or maybe they've got two in the second round 
one in the first round, or just one in the first round, and that's it. Uh, Nate says, 76ers are in a win-now mood. We still need one more piece better than Tobias Harris. Yeah, Nate, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to the thing about Tobias Harris, what I think about Tobias Harris in this new situation um, in a little bit. So, yeah, Nate brought up the point. So that's the thing I have on the draft phase. Boy, you want to add anything in on, on the, um, the draft phase? Let's go back to what we, what we talked about a long while back when we explained the difference between superstars, all-stars, stars, and the other guys. Mm-hmm. And we got to be real careful who we call stars and superstars when they're other guys. Right. Seth Curry technically is an other guy. Yes. He's the... He's never had a team that that rotated around him. Right. He was always a piece to a team that yeah. got moved around. So he's the yeah. other guy. Like, he's a good shooter. Yeah. That's what I said to people, too. I'm like, just because you fell in love with, with him and the way he played here, he fell into a great situation mm-hmm. where the roster makeup made it so he outweighed those right. guys and became the star. And, and his minutes got pushed up. Mm-hmm. Other than that, he'd been coming off the bench like he's been doing. Right. I would have preferred to send him Danny Green. Mm-hmm. But the way it turns out, they got set. All right. Andre Drummond is a starter in the league to me. Yes. He's a starter in the yeah, he's league been because starter. he still does what big yeah. men does. His setback was going and signing with the Lakers. And, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And so, for us, it was great to have him as a backup coming in and, you know what I mean, all that good stuff. We still need a, a good backup. Yeah. But losing him doesn't take away from what we can do without him. Right. He was good for that second tier right. group. Yeah. And he was, he was good for allowing uh, Joel yeah, to get Bruce White. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, he was he was good for allowing Joel to be to get some uh, good and, minutes of rest. And, and a major way, the thought process was he was going to get a payday. He was looking for a payday. He was definitely looking for a payday. I mean, like I just said, his downfall or his setback was going to sign him with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. So then you become a free agent. You look at this opportunity, and you say it's an up and coming team. I get to play behind, arguably right now, the best center in the league. Who, who I've had battles with. We have a little history, so to speak, in the NBA. What better way to write my story to get my next bag? I'll go there and play. I'll do the one year. I'll play. I know I'm going to play because I'm going to be the only backup mm-hmm. center. And I'll just do what I do, and I'll get it back. And, and I think he did that for all intent purposes. He did. You know, he may not get the bag that he wants, but he played himself into another contract somewhere. He definitely did that. And, you know, I can think of a good five five or six teams in the league right now. Yes, sir. Brooklyn, Stay tuned, Bruce. Brooklyn we got more one. coming. You know, naturally, Brooklyn being one. But that he fits in. Mm-hmm. That he fits in. Here's the kick. When I look at the tree itself and I look at the uh, and the draft picks, People look at the amount that was given and not the substance of what mm-hmm. was given and right. what you got in return. Right. You also got a Paul Millsap who's a veteran. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's cool. He still can do a little something. He's something. old Paul Millsap, but he still can right. do a little something. All right, yeah. cool. But what you got is 
what we talked about in Termin players. You have a superstar, Joel Embiid, mm-hmm. and Harden is a A minus superstar. Yeah, yeah, Nate, he might do a little bit better because his minutes won't be as heavy He's as he needed to be in, uh, in Brooklyn. You know what I mean? He's still superstar quality, even though he's been oh, in. Yeah. So even if he's not a superstar, he's definitely an all star. Mm-hmm. Tobias Harris gets paid superstar money. But he's on the borderline of being star and other guy. Yeah. So those are your three guys. Mm-hmm. Those are your three guys that you know for a fact. You know two I'm going to give. You know two I'm going to give. That third you. one, he's a question mark. Tobias right. Harris is a question mark. We don't know what he's going to do. Right. But we do know Tyrese Maxey is ready to go. Absolutely. So you got four bona fide guys, but you you definitely got two stars. Mm-hmm. Potent two stars. Another guy that can create his own shot. shot. That's what you get Haven't in had return. It. Haven't had it since AI. So go back. What we give up? We gave up a guard who couldn't really create his own shot. He was based off the offense and running off the screen. Right. We gave up a big man who we never with relied expiring, on him in offense anyway. Yeah, and, and the guard with an expiring contract, it's which the, he could have been pried away because of the seasons that he had. Exactly. And what you got in return, the upside is beyond what you just what you just let go. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't get me wrong. Ben Simmons is going to go there. And when he realized the ball is not going to be in his hand, that may be an issue. But if they work in an offense yeah. where he's the true yeah, definitely, facilitator. He's definitely going to help. Uh, Nate, James Harden is going to help Tyrese Max. He's going to be the true facilitator and be what he is, a defender. I said, fit in. I said the same thing to a couple people the other day. And it, exactly... What you just said, boss. I'm just piggybacking, and I'm saying, like, well, I said the same thing. What is he going to do when he's not the primary ball handler? Well, what is he going to do when you get the opportunity to say you're oh, in an away game and KD's back, you're playing with KD and Kyrie, mm-hmm. and team needs a definite bucket? Well... I ain't no rocket scientist. I coached a little bit of b-ball myself. I played a little bit myself, mm-hmm. too. But all I'm saying is, even with the talents that Ben Simmons has, at that particular point, I'm playing two-man game right. with Kyrie Irving and KD. Right. Because I know either one of them can get me a bucket. Mm-hmm. If it don't go to who I was designed it for, my backup plan is just as freaking good. Mm-hmm. So, what is he going to do then? What is he going to do? And I said that because I said if people paid attention, he got a little tizzy fit when Brett Brown did it when Jimmy Butler was here. And he put the ball in Jimmy Butler's hands late in games because it's a smart coaching move. He knows if I get this guy the ball, he's going to do everything he can do to get me a bucket or make a play to get somebody else the easy bucket. I need both of that. I don't need just somebody that's going to try and get somebody the easy bucket. I need both of them. I need somebody that's going to get me a bucket that I can trust and say, look, your time, Jimmy, get me one. Right. And I'm relaxed because I know he's going to get me one. Mm-hmm. And I will live with it if it doesn't happen. 
by chance or whatever, I live with that better than the other side of that. Yeah. And it's weird because a lot of people are like, well, he going to do this, he going to do that. I said, you know, I said, I hope he does. And again, I'm not bashing Ben. I, I like to think that he does as a basketball player. Uh, let's see, Nate, so, so do you think we can use Harden like we did with Butler? Not so much because they're on different players, Bruce. Uh, Jimmy really didn't have to have a ball in his hand to be at his peak, at his highest. In Harden's situation, a little different. He, he needs the ball a little bit more. Um, getting back to the thing, uh, where was I at? Ben Simmons is one of those players where teams are going to teams are going to slag off of him see what he does um a lot of people are arguably saying that he's going to do a lot better with the stars that he has now with him but again like i said where's their 3 See this what I'm where, where truly, where truly does he fit in? Because those two guys don't rely on being set up to get their shot. Here, here, here's my dilemma. And real quick, boy, just uh, last thing. And past those two, now those three, there's really nothing else it, there. Nothing left. And that's this is no dis- no disrespect to Seth Curry, but because Seth Curry is somewhat of a liability, for lack of a better word, on the defensive end because of his size. Not his deficiencies or anything like that, just because of his size. Yeah, and the guards are much bigger. And yeah. Here's my thing, and, I, and I'm and i going to keep going back to this, and I'm going to make it real simple. Like you said, Nate, all, all we wanted was a mid-range jumper from him or whatever. Here's what we know. We know that players resort back to what they're comfortable at doing. He, in a Sixers uniform, was comfortable at doing zero offensively. We knew he was not going to shoot the ball. We knew that when the defense slid off him, the jump shot, he was scared to take it. We knew that he didn't want to have the ball when 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 the game was on the line because his free throw percentage is terrible. All that said, this is who this is what he showed us in the Sixers uniform. Anybody listening, if you just think that all that's going to change the minute he put on a Nets uniform, you're sadly mistaken. Because a basketball player is who he is. The rhyme, what's up, homie? Basketball player is who he is. Now oh. it can change over time. It can definitely change over time with him being around guys like Durant and Kyrie who love basketball. They can uh, they can garner him in a way to get him to kind of fall in love with it. Yeah, Because I honestly believe Brian. he don't love it. He likes it. He mm-hmm. likes the attention basketball gives him. But I don't think he loves it the way KD and Kyrie and Harden no, and Embiid. He, does. he doesn't love it the, that way. But yeah. he was deemed a superstar because of his accolades with the Sixers. Okay, mm-hmm. you going to a team now where the focus is not on you. You had a team. You literally had a team. You had a team where you could you could grow while making mistakes. Well, guess what? 
Brooklyn won a championship. They want to win a championship. They ain't yeah. got time for you to grow through your mistakes, bro. Not at all. They at a point in their careers where both of them have won. Yeah. They both have won, and they on the quest for another one. Right. And adding you can help. And, but but they you not ain't gonna, just going to blossom into right. this ball. And, and they not going to put up with your shenanigans. It don't work like that. They, they, yeah. It don't they, like they not going to put up with you your are who you yeah. are on the basketball court. And when the game is on the line, yep. it just heightens who you yeah. are. Absolutely. It heightens it. Yep. It showcases who you are. And when you, you get in the moment, it shows. Deron, we, know, we know. Yeah, Ron Geek, thanks for tuning in. Ron said that uh, Ben Simmons doesn't have the heart. He's going to be benched in fourth quarter games. I absolutely agree with that. Bruce White had chimed in and said that uh, – Ben Simmons is young. He needs to stop playing games, and you time to be grown. You have to be grown and do your job. Emmett Rock Bates uh, says, Big what's up, M. guys? What's going on, Em? Uh, ben got another thing coming if he think KD and Kyrie going to stand for him not shooting. Absolutely. Um, and, again, the pressure. Like, people talk about the pressure. The makeup as far as the leadership of the stars on the re- – the two teams are totally different. Joel Embiid right now is coming into his own, so he's coming into that mood. Mm-hmm. So he's still in the early stages of that mood. But like Baldy just said, you got two bona fide champions on the other side that knows what it takes to win mm-hmm. and really are not going to stand by and say, anything good to you if you're not fully in to improving what you need to improve on and helping them win a perfect example i mean and it's been a joke about it look at kd in the all-star game okay he played with james several times played with james in okc they made it to the finals in okc james left he brought him in and again in james harden's uh slight defense he didn't want to trade out of out of Houston because they were going into a rebuild. He was coming off some of the best years, arguably the best year of his career. And now you want to immediately go into a rebuild? I, I don't want to be part of that right now. If, if that's the case, I want to go somewhere where I can win mm-hmm. or have the best chance to win. At the time when it happened, arguably Brooklyn was the most ideal place. It was sold on the premise of Kyrie and KD, and now we bring in James Harden. And every all the media outlets did it. Mm-hmm. Oh, their championship material. Mm-hmm. The three-headed monster that they put together played maybe 18 games together over, what, a season and a half? Yep. Now you're into the same situation again where you have Kyrie and his stance on the vaccination. Kevin Durant is hurt once again. For the time, James Harden held it down until his hamstring started to bother him. And arguably you could say that's why he got that re-aggravation of that hamstring. But then he decided like, yo, like this is not, Nate, I thought it was something like that, 16 games together total. Nate, and I mean, so he arguably says this isn't going nothing like 
what y'all sold me it was supposed to go like. So it's not looking good. I want to move on. And it's weird because what, again, what are they going to get out of him? Like I said, I'm not bad. Like I said, I love what he does on the basketball court. But the way he handled this whole entire situation of wanting out was was totally childish. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see James Harden, everybody's talking about how he pushed his way out. But he came and he played until they got to the point where he felt like, no, nah, I can't do this no more. But he came to work. He played. He definitely came to play. And he came to play. So, again, with the situation with Ben Simmons going there, I can easily say it's not going to be sweet. I think it's going to be a huge and tough adjustment for him because he's going to have to do more than what he's comfortable doing. That's that's the main and thing. the yeah. sad thing is you could sometimes or maybe a few years back you could argue and say, well he's still going to play because you can't keep that much money on the bench. Contrary to that, and I totally get that, and I understand that part. That's why I mentioned a few years back. Mm-hmm. In today's game right now, with the two superstars that he has on that team, that's not going to fly. Evan, you're right. I read this. I read that as well, too. Um, I don't know how true the story was, but it said it was a report that Ben Simmons told someone in the interview that uh, he don't know if he going he don't know if he's going to play the five sometimes because they ain't his position that he play. So he might get traded in another year or two. Um, it's possible. It's possible. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the report is real. I did read it though. I did read it. But the one thing that I want to I want to kind of j- chime into, and this goes beyond it goes beyond the trade. Now we're talking game situation. Here's what happens in game situation now. You got rid of Ben Simmons, a guy that you could not, he was your primary ball handler mm-hmm. who couldn't have the ball in his hand. Right? Because he couldn't make free throws. Mm-hmm. Okay, you supplemented him with a guy who shoots 80-plus percent from the free throw line. He's in the top five of, of getting and ones over the last four or five years. Mm-hmm. He's a threat from 30 feet out, which gives your big man more than enough space if you go two-man ball on the right-hand side or left-hand side of the court. Mm-hmm. James Harden is left-handed. Perfect. We can work the left-hand side. Either way, you just got two to three pluses off of a negative that you just got rid of. And that's not including the fact that he's a playmaker as well. So what you got rid of actually culminates the three because he gets a, he's almost at a triple-double. So Andre Drummond got you eight, nine boards. He gets you eight, nine boards. Seth Curry averaged about 10, 12 points. Ben Simmons was averaged about 16, 17, mm-hmm. somewhere around there, 15, 16, 17. Okay, well, double that number. That, that's what he was getting I mean, that, the year yeah. before. He's getting 22, right. 8, and 10 now. Mm-hmm. 
So you got you got a guy who who literally can almost do three of those things and gives you more possessions back because when Ben Simmons is on the free throw line, you know you, you as as the opposite team, you know you probably gonna get a possession. Yeah, he's they, either gonna I miss think... both free throws, make one, but you know you're gonna get your possibility is yeah. I'm gonna get a possession and no points were scored. Right. Yeah, Nate Maxi would have taken his job late. He'd have been sitting on the bench late in games. Yeah, because now because Maxi had proved himself, that would have had somebody to go to there, where somebody can shoot free throws and wouldn't be scared to shoot the free throws. So, so yeah, he would have um, late in games. I do believe that Doc would have had Maxi, and Maxi would have taken those minutes. But the one thing people ain't looking at either of that trade that we made and looking mm-hmm. at the players we got rid of outside mm-hmm. of Ben Simmons, just look at Andre Drummond and Seth Curry. The point guard position on their roster, their depth chart, is Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, Patty Mills, Seth Curry. You still got three other guys on their bench that's point guards. Mm-hmm. Okay? At shooting guard, you got Kyrie Irving. They can move to the two. Patty Mills, Brian Brown, Seth Curry. Once you get to the four and a five position, they don't even have Ben Simmons listed as a four. They got him listed as a possible five, which is kind of crazy. Oh, no, they do have him at a four. But Kenneth Edwards and and, uh, uh, Joe Johnson, then you got DeMarcus Aldridge, then you got... You got the rant. Right, and but you can't play him in the fourth quarter. No, they don't even have him at small forward on that on that depth chart. They mm-hmm. don't plan to play him at small forward. Uh, they better not. And you still got Blake Griffin and them at the five. So Andre Drummond gets pushed further back on a mm-hmm. five man on that and and at the five position. Yep. So even though they have they got those two guys that look like they was a perfect fit for us, mm-hmm. they just got deeper on it. They back in their regular role as they was in, on other teams now. Yep. So, I don't understand what they. Oh man, we just made them. Yeah, made the team depth a little, mm-hmm. a little deeper. But yeah. in the playoffs, you only running eight. Right, and we still got the buyout market. Exactly. You know, the buyout market is coming. Um, there have been some names floated around. I'm not gonna give any of those names right now, but some of those names have been floated around, and things have are possible. Um, yeah, Nate said, don't forget the other two guard. That that hurts. Yeah. So just real quick, everybody when we talked about the what the Sixers gave up and a lot of people were indifferent and saying yeah, that Harris, right that's right when he come back and everybody was a little bit different they said oh the Sixers gave up too much and tried to compare it to what um, uh, Maury was asking for initially. Bottom line is you're right he was asking for what he what he was asking for. I had no issues with what he was asking for because at the time. Because of what Ben Simmons was coming off of, even though there was a debacle in the playoffs, the overall track record says he's an all-star. He's an all-defensive player and was disgruntled here. And at the point, it got to the point where you had to get something back for him. So I had no issues with what Daryl Morey was asking for. After a while, it got to the point where somebody, a player that I know, a player that I trust, a player that I know what he can do, which at worst doubles everything and doubles and then some everything 
or a lot of things that this disgruntled player gave us and I have the opportunity to make this move now, then I, I have to do it, but I have to work my magic and do it in a way where I don't jeopardize what we've already got going. Mm -hmm. And there are pieces that I am not going to be willing to part with at this moment. And he held his ground. Uh, yeah, Nate, Paul Reed, you know, still need some work or whatever, but you can play him in spots until the playoffs. That That's the big thing. And a lot of the things I said earlier in the season – and people are starting to see it a little bit now with the guys like George Niang. Um, you see the work that Furkan Korkmaz has put in on his game. Uh, when Shake Milton is healthy, you see what he can do. Another person that can handle the ball and has some size and will, will not be afraid to shoot. Just had to throw that in there. Uh, the emergence of Tyrese Maxey now. And you add into that already what Joel Embiid is doing and now you add into that a guy that can do a lot of scoring and a lot of the same things and like Baldy always says a guy that can create his own shot off the dribble mm -hmm. you, you you make your team better in my opinion because all that does is like we said with these two guys if you put these guys in the two man game you can't double either one of them right in that two man game you can't and like Baldy said, you have the one guy that can, can hit the 30-footer where it's going to create space for these other guys. Like, I think you'll see Matisse's points slightly go up, but it's going to be off of the stuff that he's been getting from Joel. Mm -hmm. Now you've got four eyes that can see you in that realm. The dunker spot, as they like to say, or whatever call it, but his moving without the ball, his cutting. It's also going to help. The shooters. Corkmise. If you go to Corkmise, and now that we've seen Corkmise can put the ball on the floor a little bit, the spacing is going to be there for him to choose what is the better shot. Also with Maxi, who we can see can get to the basket if he's on the court at the time. So that spaces the court even more because he can shoot the three as well, but you can't give him enough space with the quickness that he has to get mm -hmm. to the cup. And then if you sneak Danny Green into that corner on the same side, that you got the two-man game on, well, it's kind of like pick your poison. Mm -hmm. I want you to look at... And just real quick oh, before you finish, and the sad part about this, and a lot of people won't understand this, and people will probably miss it, in that triangle, in that two-man game with Harden, uh, Joel, and Danny Green, your potential to get a three-point three play out of all three of them is very high. Yeah, it's extremely high. It's extremely high. The closeout, the closeout on our on our shooters now, is is a little more quicker because we don't have that other guy out there. You know what I mean? That mm -hmm. other guy provides that additional space to get those shooters. Instead of being a one and a half step away, the defender one and a half. Now they got to be almost two, right? Or on the ball, totally out of the picture, away from the Absolutely. helping off on the shooter. So it changes the dynamic of, of, of the type of shot. Is it open? Is it a defended shot? All that stuff goes into why a lot of guys either making shots or missing shots. Right. Were they open? Was it contested? Mm -hmm. yeah. You looked at, we, we talked, we compared, they literally compared Ben Simmons to Magic naturally because of his size and his That's ability to 
to pass the ball. So they both came into the league. Ben was hurt, but Magic wasn't, you know. But they came into a league where there was a big man already on your team, a, a, a good big man. Mm-hmm. He came into an environment where there was a good big man. Both the supporting cast for that L.A. team was way better, naturally. Way better. But here's what happened. When Magic came in the league, he couldn't shoot either. Nope. He would shoot, but he couldn't shoot. He was not a good shooter. The next summer, he spent the whole entire summer shooting jump shots because they said he couldn't shoot. He got better the next year. He still wasn't a good shooter. Mm-hmm. It progressed. Here's a dude that went almost two, three years without shooting one three-pointer in the league. That, that All they do is shoot three-pointers. But you want to show us a video of you in the gym playing pickup ball with jokers my age that don't even play no more. Like, come on, man. And, and that's my well, point. Or you playing with college kids. The you, love you, of you, it. You immediately have an advantage of over. The love of it? Yeah. Is in question. Definitely. Because just because he's in the league don't mean he love it. Right. Um, he could he could like it a lot. But, yeah. but when you get to the league, the, the cats that love it, they separate themselves from the guys right. that like it. Yeah, he, Bruce. He got paid off of. Yeah, yeah, Bruce. I said the same thing. Um, at, at, towards the end of this thing, before the trade was actually made, he did become a cancer. Yeah, he did. Um, and, and like I was saying for the last several weeks, I gave you what news I got on it, but I also said I am to the point now where I, I just want something to be done. And now, don't discredit what I said. That didn't mean that I just wanted them to make a move just to make a move to get it's rid of him. I would have been satisfied even if it had went to the summertime. Mm-hmm. But at least there would have been a decision like, look, it's not going to happen to the summer. Exactly. Now I know and I can let it go for a little bit. So I'm actually glad that it's done. And again, a lot of questions still to be answered. So just real quick, getting back to like what people said, the mixed opinions about what the Sixers gave up and how much they gave up. I'm going to tell you what the Nets gave up when they acquired James Harden. All right. Um, Bruce says your mental has to be on 100% so for yeah like the other thing with the Ben Simmons issue is, is you use that mental health piece and like you're in New York now you thought Philly was rough but you use that mental health piece and if you would like immediately like within the next few days or so show up in a uniform for Brooklyn and at some point get on the court and actually play for Brooklyn do you understand that the possible flat that you're going to catch from the mental health um, mm-hmm. community and you're in Brooklyn and it's not like you're playing in the garden where, you know, that there's, that's downtown, you know, it's a lot going on. It's a lot more, I guess, comfortability level with the police activity and things of that nature. Dude, you in the hood. Like Brooklyn, the Barclays Center is in the hood. I don't think he realized Like, that. you get off the subway, and you looking right at the Barclays Center. He think we booed him. Okay. Again, you get off the subway, and you looking right at the Barclays Center. 
you turn your head, depending on maybe I forget which side, but in one side, you turn your head, you're looking at the projects. Mm-hmm. And you thought Philadelphia protesting and people getting on you here was bad. Dude, they will set you up so well, but they won't show their faces to nothing while they, until you go in. Once you come out, it'll seem like more people is outside than it is inside. So it's going to be a lot for him to register. Um, Because I'm not going to say handle because I don't know how he's going to handle it. I don't think he's going to be able to handle it. But it's going to be a lot. And we are definitely going to see. But just getting back to uh, what Brooklyn gave up to acquire James Harden when they made the trade. Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, a 2021 first round pick swap. A 2022 first round pick, mm-hmm. a 2023 first round pick swap, a 2024 first round pick, 2025 first pick swap, 26 first, and then a 27 first again on a pick swap. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven first round picks. And that was on the premise of them keeping James Harden, and they gave up all of these picks, which is why, arguably, they're where they are right now. With Without James Harden and Kevin Durant playing right now, you got Kyrie Irving part-time. Who's so, facilitator? So when you go on the road right now until – Kevin Durant comes back. Like Baldy just said, who's the facilitator? Who's the facilitator? Who is the second scorer? Who's willing to sacrifice their game for the betterment of the James Harden sacrificed his game and moved to the point for the betterment of the team. He did. So you lost a guy that almost gave you a triple double. Mm-hmm. And now you have two two superstars on your team that require the ball. Yep. They aren't playing. They've been hurt. They still got to find this continuity, this chemistry. Meanwhile, all your backups are going to be playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like you said, if they don't lift the mandate in New York City, then you have to think about and you have to make definitely take consideration to the playoffs. Yeah. Let's say they stay where they are now. They would be the road team going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So at that point, you are already down your second pro- your second premier scorer for at least four games. Just to say, if the series goes seven for right. four games, so you got to win on the road with arguably one legit score and almost nothing else. Nothing else. Because people don't understand now that the way that they're set up, even with Steph Curry and the things that he did, it's going to be a lot more difficult now because depending on where they're playing, you're either going to have only KD because he's hurt now or you're going to only have Kyrie. So in a situation now where KD is hurt, and then even it gets even further with only having Kyrie because if it's a home game and both of them are hurt, I mean, if it's a home game and KD's still hurt, 
then you don't have either one of them. I mean, and even when you have one of them or both of them, it's still going to be tough for Seth because it's not they don't have a legit dump the ball into the box post right, that right. you fed off of when you were here with Joel. And then when they're not there, you may arguably have to play some point. And then if it's with Ben Simmons and he's the same Ben Simmons that we all know from here, those shots are going to be even tougher because now people are going to know that's who they got to get to. We're going to deny him the ball. And it'll be very easy to do because of the Ben Simmons, if he's still the Ben Simmons that he was here. Well, he, it, I mean, he's not playing tonight. Ben Simmons is not playing tonight. Mm-hmm. I think they play Sacramento. They're not playing tonight because of conditioning. Conditioning. So, meanwhile, you have not played in an NBA game since the Hawks series. Mm-hmm. Since last, almost a year, dog. Almost a year. You ain't played in an NBA game in almost a year. Mm-hmm. You now got to get in NBA shape. Yep. You was already a terrible shooter. <laughs> Listen, and that's when you was in shape. Yeah, Nate, it is a mess up there in Brooklyn. That's when you were in shape. I mean, I'm sorry, not Nate, Bruce. You were in shape when you were a bad free throw shooter. Now you got to get in condition to try to get back into shape. I want anybody to understand this. He was already a bad shooter and a bad free throw shooter when he was in the top condition. Mm -hmm. He has not played in almost a year. He has to get in shape to get back to being a terrible shooter to then try to get in shape to be a better terrible shooter. Yep. He's got to go through all, he got to go through three levels of terrible just to be okay. Yeah. And, And now that you speak of it, I just looked at the schedule too. They're in Brooklyn. So there's no Kyrie Irving. Yeah, Kyrie can't play. He's ineligible. Mm. KD is so out he, until after the All-Star game. game. When they played Milwaukee and Milwaukee. Yeah. And then you don't have your recently traded for allegedly other facilitator. What what you going to do? Now, I mean, is Curry or Drummond going to play tonight? You still got James Johnson why, out. Why? Why, why won't Harris he play? You know? He had so, the procedure done, so he's going to be out on his left ankle. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they are the AC right now. They're the AC. They won 28, 29 games right mm-hmm. now. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Oh, absolutely. And in that worst part, this is the weird part. Yes. In, the, in, in the worst of their season, before it gets better, Ben Simmons is going to be in that lineup. Yep. He ain't played. He not playing tonight, but pretty soon mm-hmm. he's going to be the in meat that lineup. Of that, yeah, the meat of that run that they're going to need. Terrible. When it's terrible, he's going to be in there. He's going to be right, right in the mix. We're going to see because we've seen him play on teams that were bad. Yep. He looked real good because they were bad. They were bad, absolutely. Yeah, I know how this going to play out. They're going to be like, see, see what the Sixers gave up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait till the real guys come. Yep. When the real guys come, I can I'll be mm-hmm. able to evaluate your game a lot better, knowing the ball ain't in your hands no more. Right. That that changes things a lot. It changes things. So, like I said before, Ben Simmons is not a Robin or a Batman. No. 
Ben Simmons is a very good defender, a very good passer, mm-hmm. and he's a very good transitional ball handler. Right. He can get out on a break, get guys that they shot. That's who he is. Anything outside of that is absurd. He's not a shooter. He's not a scorer. Nope. Absolutely. We all know that somebody told me, Lo, he was getting like 18 points a game. So I said, well, divide it by four quarters. Divide it by four. Mm-hmm. Because if you get me two layups a quarter, you at 16 at the end of the game. It looks good. Yep. But you, you just got It just looks good on the numbers. Exactly. Your numbers look good. You but got the, me two when fast I go, breaks. When I go look at the film, it's like. You got me two fast dude, breaks a quarter. You got me two buckets here. And I ain't seen you in two other quarters. Or how about this? You got me eight points in the first quarter. Like, y'all seeing what I'm seeing? Yeah. Like, wait. But I look at the stat sheet, I'm like, he mm-hmm. got 16. Mm-hmm. You know, so and it's that, real. And, and, and it's, 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 it's real weird, man. There's always information behind the numbers. Yeah, it's, Don't it's real weird. Don't just throw numbers out there. Here's the information behind the numbers. He can get you eight points. Absolutely. That's going to be one of his biggest challenges, Bruce. What is he going to do without the ball? That's the question. He gets you eight points in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. You might not see him again until the beginning of the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Because in his mind, if I got you rebounds and I played defense, well, I did, I did what I was, was supposed, supposed to do. do. Yep. He's not now, yo, playing. That's, that's this dude's job. He didn't right. want to score the points, right. not me. He's not playing the game in terms of how much more can I impact this game. Right. He's playing it, it is, just so nobody talk no trash yeah. about him. Yeah, it's funny, and Joel brought up a good point with one of the comments he made, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, he basically said that it's a shame when your priorities are uh, not winning, but to do what you want to do in the game, mm-hmm. you know, so that that's real, yeah. it was Emmett, real meaningful, right. yeah. You're right, Emmett. You know? Emmett say crazy thing is mental Ill, Ill, the, Ill, the mental illness part for me, all of a sudden, it doesn't exist. If it's all good now and has never been middle and the league and the league should investigate investigate deeper, where's the doctor's note, bro? Right. Like Absolutely. Right. Like you right. said that you were having a mental block. So in the scope of mental health, a change of scenery can help you with your mental illness. Mm-hmm. That is a fact. It can help you. A change of scenery, moving a person from uh, a stressful environment into an environment that's not as stressful can help you. Here's the crazy part, though, M. He's going from Philadelphia to Brooklyn. It's, it's 5 million people live in Brooklyn. There's more people live in Brooklyn than they do in Philadelphia in that one borough. He's a subway away from the booze. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at least that at least here mm-hmm. he was separated. He's about you smack he's dab about, in a neighborhood. He's about 30 steps away from the projects. You smack dab in a neighborhood where you're touchable mm-hmm. in an 80, 82 game season or four or forty home games, forty one mm-hmm. home games. You're yeah. touchable. Mm-hmm. If you think they booed you here. It gets bad because that's New York press. Absolutely. You still got the Knicks. Look how they, you're still, you're in the Mecca. You in New York, bro. Yes, indeed. So they on, 
they know ball players just like we know ball yeah. players. And, and, and the expectations that have been there since the beginning. He want to go to the when Clippers. KD first got there. Yeah, he wants he to be, be in, in LA. He Where wants he to can be do in whatever LA. he wants. Absolutely, and be the guy. There's yeah. no expectations of them winning anything. Nope. He's in LA. He's in the sunshine. Where he state. wants to he be. Can enjoy Absolutely. Himself. He can make his paper. He could be in movies. He could do all this stuff. Yeah. He, that's what he wanted yep. to do. A- absolutely, Bruce. I mean, I don't hate him either. Like I said, I love the thing that he does, the things that he does on the court as a basketball player. But the way he handled this whole situation was very childless and immature, um, very unbusinesslike as well. The Ryan Geek says uh, it was never a mental health issue. That's what he said in order to still try to get paid. I agree with that. He will be exposed in the long run. Yes, he will. Yeah. And that long run is coming sooner than he thinks. Yeah, sooner listen, than he thinks. Listen, Big D, listen, D. I want my check too. D, men, you used to argue. Men, men, we used to argue all the time. We lived right next door to each other when we lived on South Street. Big D was a was a hell of a football mind. Absolutely, he's a hell of a football mind. And when we used to sit down and talk about dudes, it was always like, "So what you think he thinking?" You know what I mean? And we're going off of what we know, but in reality, the politics of the sport can curb it a whole nother way. Yeah. This dude, this dude, I'm, st- I'm, I'm actually, this is going to be my last time really talking about this dude. This dude, Ben Simmons. The boy formerly known as. That's what we're going to call him. We're going to call him the symbol. He's going to be the question mark. The question mark, absolutely. The, the question mark, boy. We can look at his character. And tell he don't love the sport. Because nothing would ever take you away from it. There are politics that you be like, you know what, man, I'm just going to take a, take a, I'm going to let my lawyers and them handle that. My job is to keep my mental. Basketball is, a, and we always, and every ball player, mm-hmm. whether it's basketball, football, nine times out of ten, the sport was what, Allowed you to get away from the nonsense. Yep. It always did. All right. I know. I. I know. I can't eat. I ain't got no food to crib. Man, let me just get my mind off of it. I'm on the court. Mm-hmm. He don't. He don't. He don't have that. Not at all. He don't have it. Nope. He does have some some things going on within his family. Right. That hasn't been talked about as much as it should be. Mm-hmm. You know, he got some a lot of stuff like some. Yeah. Ancestral things. Yeah, we, going we touched on. on a little bit of that stuff way that back when too. Yeah, could be eating at him. Yeah, in a mental way. It definitely could. It could be, and that could be the mental part of it that's tearing them up. Mm-hmm. But if basketball is your silence and basketball is your meditative portion that grounds you, why are you allowing things to keep you away from it? It don't. It don't make sense to me. That's your escape, man. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, D- ball, football, exactly. whatever. That's your escape. Yeah, that's, that's your you sanctuary. Go. Absolutely. I go in the gym. I'm by myself. I can be to my own mind doing the thing that I love. But mm-hmm. if you don't love it, you ain't going to the courts. Yeah, you ain't doing it. Why would you? Right. It's a reminder of what you got to do. Yep. It's a reminder of your job. Absolutely. He didn't go to the gym. Come on, man. No, he didn't. Come on. So, moving on to the other side. And we look at how the makeup has changed uh, right now on the Sixers roster. Uh, I also posted it. There's a lot of jokes and a lot of chatter uh, floating around on the internet about J.J. Reddick, people trying to talk J.J. Reddick into coming back and playing for the Sixers right now. 
with the addition of James Harden. I doubt, seriously doubt that it happened. Uh, but it was just some fun banter um, on social media. Yeah, Nate, I was going to talk about that too. Yeah, it's really crazy how um, the, like I mentioned in the opening, that the Colts are looking to possibly release or trade Carson Wentz. Um, we probably won't get to any of that today, um, but we'll definitely try and get to that Thursday. While I'm here, Thursday, mm-hmm. 7 p.m., Drake Tavern. You know where it is, Old York Road, and I think that's Greenwood Avenue right there. We will be live on yes, location sir. at the Drake, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that before we close out um, the show. So, again, moving to the other side of the ball, and we talk about our beloved Sixers, and we see the makeup, the reshaping um, of the roster. Some of the players there are really now starting to show you that they've benefited from what I said earlier about what we had picked up in free agency, who we had signed, and how these young players are going to have to play early and gain this valuable experience because Ben Simmons is not playing. And we've seen the progression um, for the most part. And I say progression except with the exception of Tyrese Maxey because Tyrese Maxey has exploded, if you will. But you see the progression of the Furcon Korkmaz. Okay, usually he's the spot-up shooter. Okay, but we've seen most more recently now that he can put the ball on the floor, so he's worked on his game. Okay, to make himself better, to for the betterment of the team. You look at Shake Milton, who arguably had a breakout season, either last year or the year before in the bubble, but you can see the work put in where he's gotten better, uh, being able to get to the rim off the dribble. He worked a little bit on that three-point shot. It's not there quite there yet where you actually want it to be, but he also gives you that added being able to get to the basket with some size. You look at Danny Green, and although people argue that you could have possibly moved Danny Green in that deal, I think the situation was because you just signed Danny Green and because of the contract. But also, like I mentioned earlier, when you go – possibly two-man game on whatever side with Joe and uh, and the beard. Danny Green in that corner, like Baldy said, you take your chance if you want to cheat and look, turn your head and see what Joel's doing. With the size and the quick release of Danny Green, if it swings there hard, by the time you recover, you're late. And that shot, he's got a clean look at that shot. Same way, if you go to try and double James, he can split and either go all the way, and you, he splits, and now he's got two options. Because it's already one man, his man and somebody else's man is already there, so somebody's open. Right. And another thing, and I just thought about this this morning, and I'm glad I thought about it, and I remember it when I, when I knew that you were going to be here. In my opinion, like I always said, I just like Tobias to be a little bit more consistent like I said, I wasn't mad with the re-signing of him. I was a little disturbed about the contract. Not the player, but I also said if he focused and played downhill, he could be playing like arguably his best career season when he was with the Clippers with Doc. Mm-hmm. But what I thought about today, early this morning, was the fact that now he is, in my opinion, now in the spot where he fits as that third primary scorer, where depending on how they match up, because I still think Tyrese Massey is going to be in the starting lineup, 
but for moments you will be the primary scorer on that second unit and that's comp that fits him i think um a lot more comfortable than him attempting to be the number two scorer um also i think it helps him now that he's been putting his head down making quicker decisions and i don't know why he went away from that and that was the thing I said. He does it for, for a span, and then he goes away. That's my issue with him when I say about his consistency. He shows you the flashes when he can do it, and then he doesn't. So I think now this is going to help him uh, as well because you can be a facilitator, and on that second unit, you can, for all intent and purposes, get your own shot. Mm-hmm. You know, So I think that's going to help him as that third primary scorer um, on this team now. Yeah. I think uh, one of the things, and I'll say it real quick just for that, uh, Charles Bassey is going to have to show us why we drafted him. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, his career at Western Kentucky wasn't bad. He was a double-double guy, 17-11. But at 6'9", 230. Yeah, Nate, I, I can see that starting five. At 6'9", two, 230, uh, Charles Bassey is going to have to come in there as a backup and show and prove. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's your time, young Right. Because Paul Reed's actually not a center. He's not. He's Paul really Reed is more a four, yeah. secondary three. Three, yeah. That, so, that's really what he is. And and that's the one thing that uh, that's the one thing that I will say that this Sixers team is missing. It's not a position. We missing a dog. Yeah. We need a dog. We need mm-hmm. a Andre Drummond was was kind he Eureka was a, he Daniel, was, thanks for tuning in. Andre Drummond was a good uh, uh, defensive yeah. rebounder. I'm talking yeah. dog, like a yeah. Reggie Evans type of, I don't care, defender mm-hmm. dog. Right. Because that then creates a, 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 a persona for your team. Mm-hmm. We know that the, the key is to outscore your opponent, but also you got to stop and get possessions. Right. Sometimes that dog can bring that energy that, that those other guys need that they probably right. don't have right now. Right. They need that. And he already killing the league. Right. So you already killing. I can't wait to and, see and, what this thing look like. And like you, you look at it, you look at the situation, right? And, and if James Harden can come in and give us what he gave us, um, without the caliber of center that Joel Embiid is, the game is going to become that much easier. Like Baldy just said, for Joel, he is dominating now, but the domination is going to be in a small way, a little bit more not exaggerated. Mm-hmm. But it's still going to be there. Because there are going to be times because James Harden can get into the paint where it's not going to be just the oop like he would throw to Clint Capella and the centers that he had back then. Mm-hmm. He can drop this off to Joel and they end up with a three-point play yeah. because Joel Embiid can shoot free throws. Mm-hmm. And he's skilled enough, even off the dribble, to get his own shot. So imagine James Harden off the dribble. He gets caught up. Embiid, man, helps off maybe a step below the foul line. The drop-off to Embiid is... Very simple. It's a basic basketball play. It's very easy. And then you can arguably get the three-point play because of the recovery, which is going to be late. Mm-hmm. 
because mm-hmm. it's arguably going to be a big that has to help. And if by chance that big doesn't help, somebody off that wing is going to either cheat a little bit or help, and then there's a kick out to an open shot for somebody else. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's going to be, and like you said, even with or you're going to have somebody like a Matisse dive into the basket, which is something now that Tobias Harris can be in that position if they're, the starters are on the court, that can be him diving to the basket. And again, Matisse Thibel, okay with the free throws or whatever. We can live and die with him because he makes up for a lot on his defensive end. But Tobias can shoot free throws. Mm-hmm. And then you got that, again, that three-headed monster, that triangle, and all three of these dudes can shoot free throws. In the that event changes that the game, changes That's everything. That's what we did not have. That's what we didn't have. Those were the missing things or, or the pieces that or the piece that we needed. Mm-hmm. We had it with Jimmy yeah. Butler. Right. We had it. You know, that that's arguably, you know, now that you bring that up, and a lot of people probably didn't realize this, but when there was all the talk about how allegedly clumsy Joel was, or why is he stepping out shooting threes and then shooting that fadeaway jump shot, the mid range jumper. Well, part of him shooting that mid range jumper is the skill set that he has, and it gives him the advantage over a lot of centers. Because he can go off the dribble at seven foot two, and he can still shoot that, so it puts him in an advantage when he does that. Because he's been in beast mode, he still also has an advantage on the block. But what was happening prior to that, like we said, when you have another wing player with some size, who is normally rotated by def- by other teams' defensive alignment with some size on him. Because very so almost never, because he was playing point guard for us, the other team put their actual point guard on him. So there was always an extra wing that switched off and was guarding him with a little bit of size. Mm -hmm. So now you look at that, and people knew that he wasn't a threat to score. So there's now a double team automatically on Joel. And if there's more help, then there's no room. And it makes it look more clumsy than him being surrounded by three players and not having that big guy that's playing with him as an outlet to pull some of this away so we can operate together. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, well, you can't do this, and now I got to try and do this all together. No, like, if you help me out, we can do this together. Right. You know, and there won't be an issue with that for James Harden because you kick it out or you dump it down and you go cheat and double if Joel is continuing to grow with recognizing it as he has been, a quick pass back out is a shot. Right, exactly. And it could very arguably be a three-pointer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it definitely is. You know, <laughs> so, I mean, it, it gives you a lot more to think about. Like Baldy keeps saying, it changes the complexity of the team and the game and how teams are going to now plan to try and defend. Um this thing so again you know i think something's going to happen for the sixers coming up in the buyout market uh i said i wasn't going to say anything but some of the names that i've heard were um goran Dragic, uh maybe even dennis schroeder um two guys who would look to be bought out um or released um there's also enos cancer i'm going to call him i'm not going to call him the other thing enos cancer um, could possibly be a backup. 
for Joel. I mean, worst case scenario, he would have six fouls to use in the playoffs. Um, and he can give you a little bit of offense, a little bit of offense, you know, two to four points almost every quarter um, yeah. could help, you know, but he does rebound as well. You know, um, somebody also mentioned to me, what about Boogie Cousins? Um, the only thing I say, Boogie, I like that idea and that thought, but the only thing is Boogie Cousins has to come in with his head right. Yeah. That, that's the only you issue. You know, you, you really don't know what you're getting, but if he comes in with his head right, definitely um, a good a good look, you know. Uh, again, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, we covered a lot. Uh, I was glad to have my partner back in with me. Uh, shout outs to him for being here. You know, yes, we all know Appreciate how things love. go. Yeah. Life goes on and, you know, things got where they were and he Dirty wasn't here, word. but he's here word. with me today. And also <laughs> the reminder this week, February 17th, it's Thursday. We will be on location at the Drake Tavern, 304 York Road in Jenkintown. Baldi's just told me he'll be able to hang out with me, so he'll be there with us. Yeah. We may even talk a little bit more of this uh, James Harden thing because arguably we'll have maybe a game to discuss or analyze and talk about. But other than that, you know, we always give you some pertinent and good content. As always, as always to everybody, thanks for tuning in. It's a little chilly outside today, so dress warm. Be careful. Some spots might be icy on the streets. And enjoy the kickoff of your week. It's Monday. Be great on purpose. As we like to say, you know where to find me at SportsWeb underscore D on Instagram and Twitter. On Facebook, SportsWeb Podcast is the group page where we are live right now. Also, the webpage, SportsRapRadio.com. YouTube, SportsRap TV is the channel. Get over there. Check out the videos. Like the videos that you like. Subscribe to the channel. Hit that bell so you'll know when new video is up. Also, audio on iHeart, Google, Apple Podcasts, GW District, and most of your podcast outlets. Baldy? Uh, yeah, you can get, get at me, Ball75, on Instagram, and now I can also be reached at Aaron Baltimore on Facebook. All right, and lastly, closing out, we got schedules for you tonight. Uh, NCAA Basketball Men's Top 25. Kansas Jayhawks, number eight, are home against Oklahoma State. In the NHL, you got the Red Wings and the Wild, the Blackhawks and the Jets, the Maple Leafs and the Kraken, the Oilers and the Sharks. And in the NBA, the Pistons are in D.C. to take on the Wizards, the Raptors and the Pelicans, the Thunder and the Knicks, the Rockets and the Jazz, the Kings and the Nets, the Magic and the Nuggets, the Blazers, Bucks, Warriors, Clippers, and Spurs, Bulls. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Everybody that tuned in and chimed in and gave us comments. The Ryan, Nate, Bruce, Emmett, everybody that tuned in. Eureka, uh, I'm sorry if I'm missing you, but thank you everybody for tuning in. And we'll see you next week right here again Thursday at the Drake Tavern and all week on social media. Peace.